Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to today's Outsports Podcast. It is the 20th of July, and Sid, I just saw the news. O.J. Simpson was uh, granted parole today in Las Vegas. It was all, it was all anything on TV today <laughs> was that. Um, and I have a question yep. for you. The L.A. Times had a story today about the parole hearing, and it said every American of a, you know old enough can remember exactly where they were the night, day of the Ford Bronco chase. Do you remember exactly where you were the day of the Ford Bronco chase? Yeah, I was in my uh, apartment at Stanford, watching the, watching the news and uh, with my with my roommate and a transfer student from oh god, uh, Czechoslovakia at the time. I can't remember, Eastern Europe somewhere. Where were you? Uh, I was on an airplane heading to the uh, Gay Games in New York. Oh, wow. Okay. And the chase had not started when we got on the plane. And, you know, it was kind of bubbling in the news that, you know, obviously it was a big – the investigation was. And we landed, and everybody, either with JFK whatever, whatever airport, all anyone was doing in the Congress was glued to the TV. We were like, what's going on? And that's all that was on was yeah. this thing. So, yeah, it was true. That's the kind of thing that everybody – it was such a touchstone in American history, politically, racially, social justice, criminal justice. It really had all the stew of everything. And so it was interesting when they said, oh, yeah, I do remember exactly where I was. So um, I guess they just said that he was given parole. So, Well, you know, and I, I watched uh, about maybe a half hour today. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame them. I, I don't blame them. I, I don't know. It just it, – it, it, it felt like the right thing to do, to be honest. I don't know. Just I don't well, know. Well, I think all, people all have evidence, to remember. Yeah, this is not. This has nothing to do with the the debts of you know the two people yeah. that he was acquitted for, and a lot of people were substituting this parole hearing as he was being released for killing. You know, like people are conflating the two. In yeah. that, I heard a good analysis. Some some legal analyst said that you can't have a criminal justice system where you basically say. Well, we thought you got off for this, so we're going to kind of punish you for that. Right. And based on the based on the rules of parole, and the L.A. Times even quoted some people today saying they would assume he would be granted parole because he met all the conditions under the state of Nevada. So it's one of these things that, you know, a lot of people are going to be upset by it, but legally it was about the only recourse they seem to have unless they were going to give, you know unless they were going to go beyond their scope and say well we thought you we thought you should have been guilty of murder so we're going to you know keep you locked yeah. up for another 20 years so and the, the, uh, the victim in this the victim in this crime testified that he yeah. wanted to see OJ released so anyway it was a, it was a, we just opened the show and that kind of just broke a few minutes ago but it was one of those things that yep you you remember kind of exactly where you were for certain things and that's going to be one I remember, of them um, i remember the date of the acquittal being in my apartment in westwood and hearing gunshots everywhere and thinking oh my god the city's going to explode thank god it didn't <laughs> Oh, and I was working as sports editor of the Press Telegram, and we had a on a special edition. And I remember the it was fascinating. We had 
was one one guy, and I'll use their race was more one white guy, just absolutely incensed, what a travesty of justice, and was screaming, I'm screaming, and one of our writers who was black, some, it was from Compton, said, you know, basically happens all the time in my community where black guys are, you know, are found guilty when they're not, you know, like it was like he literally was yeah. like said, you know, basically how does it feel? And I thought, wow, that was a really fascinating little, you know, thing as these guys were just like going after each other. And it was like the black guy finally saying, well, now you know how, you know, my group's felt for all these years. Now you know what it's like to sort of feel, you know, injustice or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that was a, that was that was one of those things that probably for people born after whatever, 1985, probably old enough to remember O.J., that and probably 9-11 would be the things you would remember exactly, you know, where you were when those things happened. So, um we had a touch on that bit of uh, American history, and um, we had a couple of things happen, too. Our biggest story today was uh, kind of one unexpected, and we're, we're going to hit a few topics, including uh, what we had on the top, mm. what responsibilities openly gay athletes have, but wanted to hit a couple of, couple of one other thing, at least before we get to that, and that is uh, you had a report out of ESPNW. Uh, we have a power couple, power LGBT couple. Do you want to <laughs> talk about that? I think the power LGBT couple at this point, Sue Bird, who's one of the most successful players in the history of the WNBA, and Megan Rapinoe, who's one of the most successful players in the history of U.S. women's soccer, are a couple. Megan's been publicly out for years. Sue Bird, people have known as a lesbian. In fact, when I saw that, when I got, I got an email from ESPN uh, this morning saying we have this article, I was like, Wait, this is a coming out article? Sue Sue wasn't out? I, I, I just kind of she's just one of those names. I I pro, I might have even included her in an article just, just just in passing in the past. So it was it was a surprise that it was a surprise, I guess. Um but you know, as I always say, it doesn't matter. You know, because on Twitter we have a bunch of people saying, Oh, you know, big shocker or a women's basketball player is lesbian. No, that's not the point. The point is one of the one of the sport's biggest stars ever is talking about being gay and and very publicly and her relationship and 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 that will for me will I will never get tired of that and the importance of that will never fade. Well, once we stop hearing about straight athletes and how happy they are in their relationships, then I guess we could stop hearing about LGBT athletes, but it is an interesting dynamic that in women's sports, there are several huge names: Megan Sue Bird, yeah. uh, Abby Wambach in soccer, Brittany Griner, Elena Della Don in basketball. Like just major megastars, yeah. the biggest names who are who are openly gay, and it shows you the stuff that we've talked about for years: the dichotomy between men and women. We don't have a single male pro team sport athlete out we've only had one in history that's jason collins who played while active and we have women kind of coming out routinely enough or in sue's case people like everyone knew she was gay but until she kind of announced it publicly it wasn't really written about that it it, it really shows you that there is all there's still a big gender difference which is why the men's stuff is always more people are more fascinated by it because it's so rare yeah, of, well, of of course, and and I mean, because there are so many out, it just it just isn't it just isn't I don't know it isn't big news. You need the best player in the history of the sport to come out to make big headlines in women's sports because we 
We went through this with Cheryl Swoops, what, 12 years ago. We went through this with Brittany Griner, uh, what was it, four or five years ago. We've been, and Megan and Abby, and we've been down this road so many times, and, and the men are still the big, the big holdouts. The, the women are out. And, and plus, you know, people say every, every woman in WNBA is gay, and, and that's obviously not true. But it's not far off, Jim. I, I, talking to WNBA reporters, WNBA players, professional women's soccer players, coaches who are lesbian and straight, every single one of them says there are tons of lesbians in professional women's soccer and the WNBA. The lowest percentage I've ever had anyone tell me is about a third. And the highest percentage I've ever had anyone in the sport who is LGBT tell me is 85%. So there, I doubt that a third of the NFL is gay. I doubt that a third of the NBA is gay. That, that would be shocking to me. But the third to 85% of the WNBA in professional women's soccer is gay. And, and I, don't, I don't think that's bad to talk about. No, but what's also interesting is that there still are, if that's the case, relatively few who have publicly discussed it. And that still is the criteria by which society operates, that until Elena Della Don uh, last year's Super right. this year talked about their relationships, we could not say publicly that either was gay. We just, right. we just you know, that's the standard we use. So even though, quote, unquote, everyone knows it, and we even had a couple cases where we had our out Olympics list and we put on a couple of women and we heard from the, them or their representatives that said, well, I've ne- I don't consider myself publicly out. Can you take me off your list? So there still is that, that even though it tells you that there's still, a, still issues with women's sports because even a lot of women simply don't feel comfortable yet discussing this publicly. Well, it, it, yeah, we, we could go around and around about that whole what happened with the Olympics. I mean, some, some of those women are out on social media, and we were still told yeah. you can't write about it. I'm like, you're, you're posting pictures of yourself with your girlfriend. Nope, I'm not out. Oh, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, but, well, yeah, it, 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 I, mean, I, think, I think there is a good standard that, that, that it has to be acknowledged by the person. And, again, I always say that, you know, particularly in sports – we're writing about athletes and sports and, 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 and games that people play, essentially. There is no national urgency to out athletes. Uh, this is not some you know, national secrets. This is not the Watergate tapes. Right? This, is just, this is people's lives. And, so, and we should, so we should honor these people's requests. So it, is, I mean, it will forever be eternally odd to me that some of those athletes got so upset with us despite being – totally out on Instagram. Yeah, and we actually wrestled with the decision in a couple cases. We we kept them on the list because it was, they stated publicly that they were gay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Excuse me, I had the street sweeper go by my street. I had to put you on mute for a second. So, <laughs> but we, yeah, we, so, so we kind of wrestled a couple, in at least one case, we took her off, it was a woman, we took her off the list because I guess you technically ever use the word, but it's weird where we're kind of having to parse these things now, you know. Yeah. Um, but our, you know, but so, and then of course with the marriage thing, if someone is married, there is a legal record of that anymore. So even if someone said, "I don't want to talk about it," we still write about it because legally, they, you know, uh, yeah. if if that were to happen, <laughs> but. 
Well, one of the th- I think one of the reasons that a lot of people, again, women, no matter how many women lesbians there are in the WNBA or women's professional soccer, one of the th- one of the hang-ups for a lot of people, including women, is how how and when do you do it? It's just it feels odd for a lot of people to just say I'm gay, right? It's just like or I'm lesbian or I'm bisexual. It's just it just feels like an odd statement to make. So you know I, I'm in a relationship is a lot more natural way to do it and. That's kind of what it seems like Sue Bird. She's in this relationship with Megan Rapino, and it's it's easier to to talk about. I'm in a relationship than just make this announcement that I'm gay or post it like Sean Barber did on social media. I'm gay. Like I'm gay. I don't need to have this big press conference. I don't need to have a five thousand word article written about me. I'm gay. It's out there, and now let's all move on. So, but it's, but a lot well, of people I, struggle I, to figure out what's I right speak for them. with. When I speak with reporters or academics or whatever who want to know, I, I ask them. I, I ask them what their sexual orientation is, and almost always they'll say they're straight. And I'll say, so tell me about, tell me your coming out story. Mm-hmm. Tell me the day you came out to your parents as straight. And they sort of pause because they sort of get like that seems weird, right? Like I didn't have yeah. to do that. It was, and I said, well, that's how it is for for gay people. It really is a thing where you have to make this this this, this announcement that seems just awkward, and so it is an awkward thing. And then you're saying, well, why am I even saying this? And <clears throat> but it gets down. Let's let this is a perfect way to transition to one of our main topics, which is responsibility. Sean Barber is a uh, Canadian pole vaulter. I think he actually is Canadian U.S. dual citizenship, but he vaults for Canada. He is one of, I think, seven people in the 19, God, uh, 19, whatever it is, the seven meter club, six, I think the six meter club uh, for pole vault, which seven, is like 19, whatever. It is. Well, seven would be 21, whatever. I think it's like 19 feet something is, is but I think it's like six meters or whatever. Um, so he's a re- he's a star, and a few months ago. Early in the morning, he posted, "What do you say? Out and proud, or gay and proud?" I'm I'm gay, and and my, and thanks to my family for the support, and yeah, I think. Blah, blah, blah. And you know, we wrote about it and got a lot of attention because you know a, a top flight elite athlete came out as gay, but then he literally uttered not a single word about it again for a few months until recently he gave an interview, I think on the eve of the Canadian championships and said something to the effect of this should not be a big issue and you know no, basically said, why said, is this a he big said issue? we shouldn't be talking about gay athletes that's what he said uh, and so we, you then wrote a column that you revised and your first column was you know basically was not as was not as nuanced as you wanted it to be but it did raise the whole question about well, one, is it is it a big thing? Two, should we be talking about it? And three, what responsibilities does an athlete have when they come out? So let's hit the first one. Um, is it a big deal? Is it news? Well, it's it's funny because you you, you hit on my issue, and 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 I, I whether it's Sean Barber or some straight troll on Twitter. When someone says this should not be an issue, this should not be a big deal, we should not be talking about this, I take huge issue with the word should because we, I don't live in fantasy land. And whether this should or should not be a story is irrelevant because it is. Because people understand that 
it's not just totally accepted. When you, we have to come out to our parents because our parents, from the day we're born, assume that we are straight. And that's the world that we grow up in. And straight people don't have to come out, and gay people do. And it's a very real thing. It puts a lot of pressure on kids and adults. Uh, and, and, and so this idea that it should or should not be a big story is, is irrelevant because it is. So, and, and it will be for the rest of my lifetime. So I just, I just take real issue with people who say we shouldn't be doing this or we shouldn't be doing this because we are doing it. It is happening. It is real. Kids are really killing themselves. That is a huge thing that drives me in my life. And, and so it just doesn't matter whether we should or should not be doing yeah, I think it yeah, I think it's irrelevant to what a person may think about it, but the fact that Sean's story was news should should tell anybody that yeah, this is still a story. When you don't have anybody out in major pro sports when you had I think it was 11 total male athletes out in the Olympics last year out of probably 5,000 um it is it yeah it in an ideal world it wouldn't be news and we wouldn't care and out sports wouldn't <laughs> have a reason for existing but so I, I think that we can kind of agree on that and I guess then the next question is well what is the responsibility of if any of an athlete once they come out well so so this is kind of where I got stuck in this in this column is that I think that it certainly came across and that I was saying. He had to be out, and he had to be vocal, and, and he had to become an activist, and he had to become an advocate. And what people don't know is that I'm usually the guy telling athletes, don't become an activist. Don't become an advocate. Live your life openly. Participate in your sport. But just all of the people who are going to want a piece of you and the organizations, ignore them and just do your thing. So that I certainly <laughs> – Certainly, with the t- particularly the tone that I used, it got certainly got conflated that I thought he had to do this and he had to do that and he had to be an activist. That was so not my intention. My point was, if you are using this idea in your head that, oh, well, this shouldn't be a news, so since it shouldn't be news, I'm just going to stay quiet and, 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 and hide my Facebook page and go into hiding, to me, there's just there's faulty logic there that, because it is news. Kids are hurting. You, you came out for a reason. There are, there, are, there, are, there are people you can help with this. You don't have to. You don't have, to, you don't have a responsibility to the, to the 14-year-old pole vaulter in Nashville, Tennessee. You don't have a responsibility to help him. I, I don't think. It would be great if you did, but I don't, I don't think people have a responsibility. I, I think people have a responsibility to the truth, and that's, and that's about it. And whether they become an activist or, or they talk about it all the time or they don't, I just don't – responsibility is a tough word for me to, to, to say, yeah, you have to do this. And I, I would agree. I think that a person, it could do a lot just through their actions, and their actions, you know, in their sport, I think, is, is in many ways more powerful than anything else. To have a headline that, you know, or a story that says so-and-so athlete who, you know, who is openly gay won a world championship – is a powerful thing. I mean, we had Robbie Manson, who is Olympic uh, Olympic rower from New Zealand, who won the world single, whatever, single skulls a couple uh, weeks ago, setting a, a record, a record that you know been around for like 15 years that were considered 
tough to beat. And he came out right after the 2012 Olympics and said he'd become a better rower than that, and he doesn't shy from the fact that he's gay, but it's gotten to be so routine that every story about Robbie doesn't say, oh, Robbie, happy, you know, at least in the mainstream, doesn't say that he's a gay man because he's gotten past that, but by simply being the best person he can be, and he always discusses it. I think my issue with Sean was that it's almost like he seems weirdly embarrassed by it. Like, why is everyone asking me about this didn't already come out? Well, you don't have to talk about it constantly. Maybe you could say, I'll let my let my vaultings, you know, do the work do the work for me. But he just seems like he was kind of poo pooing it to the point where he seemed like a little uncomfortable with it. And so then I wonder, well, why did he actually have that post in the first place? Well, the reason can be per- very personal reasons. Um, you know, that he just personally needed to get it out there. It wasn't to help anybody. He just it had been weighing on his shoulders, and he just had to get it out there. And it is interesting what you say about, you know, coming out and then to say he's gone into hiding. I, I mean, that might be an overstatement, but not not much of an overstatement. I mean, he's hidden his face. You can't find his Facebook page anymore. He canceled his appearance at meets. He hasn't spoken to the media. So it's it's. I mean, and 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 the idea that 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 shows that he's kind of ashamed of it or afraid of it. I, I suppose that message is there. But I don't think he has a responsibility to do anything. It, but when he doesn't do anything, as somebody who is, has a public profile, people start wondering why. And certainly the reason you just said could be a conclusion people make. Well, it also could be that he had a really weird incident where he was suspended for testing positive for cocaine and he wound up having the suspension overturned in time to compete for the Olympics because he had basically hired a female escort and said, I don't know if he was kissing her or whatever, but she had ingested it, the cocaine, and it sort of got into his system. And so it could be part of it that there's a great embarrassment over that whole incident, that that could be part of the reason he doesn't want to be as public because he may get asked about something that, I mean, frankly, I wouldn't want to talk about. It was just kind of a weird, embarrassing incident. And or that it's not true. Well, ex- well, exactly. And somebody, yeah, and somebody perjured them, and people perjured themselves. I mean, that's 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 possible. And um, but yeah, I don't think he has any responsibility to have to talk about it ever. Um, and I, I think athletes in general, that's kind of the best route they can do is they can discuss it, and then in appropriate forms they can discuss it. But I don't think they have to always kind of you know be an act- activist. And sometimes the best activism doesn't do a whole lot. And the most, you know, the most success is when they perform on the field. Uh, and I think yep. we've seen that over and over again. We like to celebrate people who are, who are doing great things. Um, and we're going to see it in college football where we have Scott France uh, at Kansas State and Mike King Johnson in Arizona. And you had got a quote you had sent me from Bill Snyder about, you know, who's the coach at Kansas State about, you know, Scott came out for the right reasons or it was something to that effect. Yeah, Snyder was talk, uh, just kind of talking in a follow-up on why and how Scott came out. I mean, Bill Snyder was talking, and he Bill said Snyder, that yeah. he and yeah, Bill Snyder, and he and he's the head coach at Kansas State, and he said that he and Scott had spoken a number of times about this, and that Bill Snyder was convinced that Scott was doing it for the right reasons, so he was fine with it, and it it that that really bothered me because you have a uh, some. St- straight 77-year-old coach 
telling a gay athlete that some reasons for coming out are okay and some reasons aren't. And I'm sure that in his head he's thinking, oh, well, you know, if you're coming out for personal fame, then it's the wrong reason. But there are lots of reasons people come out. And, and for Bill Snyder to sit there and be a judge, jury, and executioner as to whether, it's okay, whether his reasoning is okay to come out really demonstrates a lack of understanding about the entire coming out process and the struggles that LGBT people go through. If somebody's ready to come out, if somebody's ready to tell anybody that they're gay, Bill Snyder should not be sitting there and deciding whether their reasoning is okay or not. Yeah, I took that to be somebody who's <laughs> 77 and is from a totally different generation um, and saying something that really was tone deaf. Like you said, like, well, okay, what if he simply wanted to come out and say I'm gay because he had a boyfriend or something or, or not lie about it or whatever, be honest. Would Snyder have said, well, you shouldn't do that, but because he said he wants to come out, and he said he wants to come out in part to help people, um, that was okay with it. Yeah, I mean, to me it's kind of like that was one that kind of just <laughs> – sometimes people who aren't part of the, you know, the disaffected group or whatever have no clue how they, they sound, and I think in this case – that was that, but it's been good to see the reply, the response of, of a lot of the Big 12 coaches. We had Cliff Kingsbury from Texas Tech saying, "This is a different generation. I applaud it. It's fantastic." And you know, we're talking about the Big 12, which is sort of in the heart of the country, which probably every Big 12 state is a red state, right? I can't imagine there's anyone that isn't a red state. And this stuff is getting applauded, and it's kind of a, like a no big deal story. Well, and I, I saw Kingsbury's, but was there another Big 12 coach who said something other than he and Snyder? Uh, I'm sorry, I saw, I saw, maybe I saw some players. I saw a couple of other players mention it, but, yeah, Kingsbury's okay. the one who said it. Uh, and I, well, He it, may have been the only one asked about it. I mean, I'm certain if someone said something negative, we would have heard about it. Um, but, you know, again, it just goes Cliff, to show that um, this stuff is, is not as a big deal for some people. Cliff Kingsbury was in college – I, I think about 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, and for it's funny for him to say the, uh, the next generation, you know, that 15 years is probably two generations. And, and if, if you look at how fast things have progressed for LGBT acceptance in the last 15 years, it's just interesting that he acknowledged that, yeah, 15 years ago, it was, just a, it was a totally different world. And now it's these kids are coming out and, 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 and he's standing there by it. It's, it's, it's very cool. Yeah, so we'll see more about these guys um, as the season goes on. But I wanted to close today with, with something that has one of those things where you want to, you kind of wish the, a, a meteor will hit the earth and strike it before it actually happens. That's the, the fight between Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Conor McGregor. And I want to talk about it because you and I got criticized last week. Basically, let's affirm they're both jerks. Uh, McGregor made some racist sort of comments towards Mayweather. Mayweather used a gay slur against McGregor. So I wrote about the gay slur because we're a gay sports website. In the story, I happened to mention McGregor's uh, racial stuff and said, I hope they both lose. I can't send either guy. But we got criticized from people because they claimed, how, you know, why are you not okay with the, the gay stuff, but the racist stuff you let slide. It was like one of the things I wanted to hit my head against the wall and go, why did you ever get that impression that we were okay with it? But we're a gay sports website. That's why we wrote it about the gay stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, Jim, it's uh, it's it's a constant struggle to get people to read what we actually write and to give us the benefit of the doubt. We're we're two white guys. A lot of people don't like it. I mean, the truth of the matter is, I, I posted on Twitter that I, you know after I saw the Mayweather gay slur, I said, oh, I know who I'm going to cheer for now. Within Three or four minutes, somebody pointed out the racial stuff that McGregor said. I immediately took to Twitter and said, a pox on both their houses. Why is anybody watching this? They both suck. And and then we have a gay athlete who we've written about coming after me, calling me a racist. So uh, it's just this, – this, it, this is just – this is reality today. People are desperately looking for places and t- opportunities to be offended. I, I am absolutely – I listen to people. I think I have over the last year two or three times – I'd really re-examined what I'd said, apologized, rewritten it, figured it out. I listened to people, but don't come at me and call me a racist because I simply had not heard McGregor's comment. Please, please stop. And in my case, uh, we're a gay sports site. I wrote about the gay slur, but I also <laughs> mentioned in it his racial stuff and said I hate both guys. So I hope the bottom line is nobody buys this fight. I hope this is turning people off. There's some evidence that people are turned off whether or not it will happen at the box office, but they're trying to gin up publicity for what is a kind of a bogus sporting event to begin with because no one gives McGregor a shot. But just do not pony up your 99.95, and that's kind of the best statement you could make. Um, That's all the time we have for today. Uh, Sid is off to Fire Island for some fun for 10 days, so probably be taking next week off off, unless there's a big story. So. We'll talk to you, Sid, when uh, football is getting about ready. So enjoy your trip, and we will talk to you probably in two weeks.